On today's episode of Locked On 76ers, the Sixers get hit again with the injury bug. And once again, it's the big fella. Joel Embiid will talk about the impact of his injury on the series and much, much more next right here, Locked On 76ers. You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, you are locked on 76ers. I'm Devon Givens of 97.5 The Fanatic Radio in Philadelphia, alongside my co-host and partner, Keith Pompey, Sixers beat writer for the Enquirer.com. What's up, Keith? What's popping, bro? <laughs> What's popping? Um, some facial bones for, unfortunately, for the 76ers. That's what eventually uh, happened in game number six, so a few minutes to go in the game. That's what's popping. It's a shame things turn out that way. We'll dissect it all, talk about what the impact of Joel Embiid having an orbital fracture in his in his face. And now he's going to be out indefinitely. We'll talk about that. We have to keep getting to the talk discussion of many people saying that Doc Rivers left Joel Embiid in the game too long. We'll get into that. And also Doc Rivers speaking or earlier today post-practice about how he's going to go about the center position. And right now it's looked like a committee at this point for Doc Rivers. But first, we want to thank everybody for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On 76ers is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube at Locked On 76ers. So, Keith, an emergency episode for us because of the latest injury to Joel Embiid. Sixers advancing game six to the second round of the postseason and facing the Miami Heat, the number one overall team in the Eastern Conference, where I felt they match up pretty well. We'll get into that later on in the next episode, really, with the matchups. But the importance of this injury, for those who don't know, just a little over four minutes to play. Joel Embiid gets a dunk. He comes down the floor. He pulls out the airplane mode that he had in 2019 back here in Philadelphia. And the Toronto Raptors fans have not uh, been the biggest fans of Joel Embiid since then. They've been mocking him. They've been talking about him crying, right, Keith, over the course uh, of the last few years and obviously mocking him with the airplane. So he busted out after the blowout, and he ran up the floor. Next thing you know, Pascal Siakam drives by Tobias Harris, and B comes over uh, in the painted area to help defend a little bit. Not too much, just a little bit. He didn't do much. He just got in the way, and Pascal Siakam put his elbow up right into the face of Joel Embiid, and while it looked like nothing at the moment, except maybe uh, just an elbow to the face, turns out an orbital fracture out indefinitely. This is big, Keith. Your thoughts? I mean, like my thoughts is, like you said, it's huge. Um, you know, I, I guess, you know, I know you said they match up very well against them. Um, I had my little bit of concerns just because of the guard play and the deep that, and, and the depth that they have. But I felt like for the Sixers to win, Joel Embiid had to play at a Hall of Fame or MVP type caliber, you know, to take advantage of the mismatch. Yeah. I mean, and I still believe that in order for them to go to a championship or win a championship, it has to come down to him playing that way. Now you look at this and he's not playing. Um, He's not going to fly out there with the team tomorrow. He's not 
Um, you know, he he he's not gonna play game one. He probably won't play game two. I mean, who knows? He have to uh, clear concussion protocol. I just look at it as just a bind for the Sixers. Now, if you're the 76ers, like right now, you got to open wish and pray that Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler don't play the first game. Those two guys are injured just to keep you in, in it. But um, when you look at everything they do and, and you look at the success that they have, it's all about Joel Embiid. I don't have the numbers in front of me right now. Um, but, oh, yes, I, I, I kind of sort of do. They averaged 29 points. He averaged 29 points in the four victories of the series that they just had. And that's a little misleading because he had 19 the first game. Then he had 30, uh, 33. Then he had 31. And then he had 33 again. In the, in the two losses, he averaged 20.5 points, right? So we're talking about a huge difference. And, um, you know, I'm not saying the sky is falling, but at the same time, they, they, you know, they're going to have to do a lot to make up for what they're going to lose in Joel. Yeah, and, and look, they have a, a lot of talented scorers on this team. How they now figure things out and start to mix up uh, all the, the touches and the flow of the offense to get some easier looks for, for this team to uh, put some points on the board. You're also going to have to just rely defensively because he was a big piece of what was happening on the back end. Should the offensive player get by the defender, he was always there, or at least you know the presence of him there would help clean up a lot of the mistakes potentially on the uh, defensive end on a perimeter to help those guys out. So it's a huge loss for right now. And as you mentioned, we have no idea when he's coming back out indefinitely. It's not just the orbital fracture, it's the concussion as well that's also there so first he has to clear that get through the concussion protocol and then they have to evaluate with the swelling and how if is it important enough for him to get out there on the floor because keith that's also a discussion dealing with the hand already with the uh, torn ligament in the thumb dealing with that is one thing now you have to deal with this as well is it even worth it for him to come back even with their chances that you're talking about of them getting to the NBA Finals and competing for this championship, I mean, with all that that he has to overcome to try to win this championship, is it even worth it? And you know what? You know what? Great. You know, I, I mean, like, dude, it depends, man. Like, I, I'm with you. Like, if they're 1-1 and, and they got a mass he feels comfortable with, then maybe. But, like, if they're down, I don't even know if it's worth it, dude. I'll be honest. And, and, and you feel bad for Joel. Because there's going to be a lot of people saying, look, man, you know, you got to come back. And I get that. I get that. And they're going to question him. And, you know, but I feel like all the stuff that he's done the last couple of years since Doc Rivers has been here to prove and show everybody over and over again that he's a warrior. And he keeps getting these injuries. I mean, think about it. He's been playing injured a lot this year, more so than people know the last couple of years. And, and he's been out there. And he's been out there, so I'm saying. And right. uh, but the thing is, is it's like, is it worth it? I mean, and and again, it's going to have to come down to what they're going to do. Now, here's something that I want to say, D. I know pretty soon we're going to, you know, uh, go to the next segment. Segment. But the thing that concerns me a little bit is, I know that you know they got all these guys and they all star in their roles, but we can't fool ourselves and say that. 
these guys are getting some open looks and getting the opportunities um, because um, because Joel is on the floor. Like, for instance, Tobias Harris, he's thriving as a third and a fourth option, thriving as a third and a fourth option. He wasn't thriving like that before James Harden came. And, and when Maxie had the ball, he had to be the second guy. And you know what I mean? That you get different defensive looks. Same thing with Maxie. You know, now like he now look around, he's been ball, he was balling, getting out there and going. But now we know they're gonna lock down on him a little bit now. James Harden, the same thing. Like, you know, James has been balling, he's been doing certain things, but his shot hasn't really been falling. So you know what I mean? While people are saying, hey, all they got to do is step up and do this. Well, it's going to be a little bit different because yeah. the uh, the crowd is going to be a little bit closer to you than it was when you had Joel Embiid drawing triple teams all the time. And I get it. Regular season, stuff like that happens where you get, you know, you just get out and go. But now you got these guys devising game plans like you you had to know. This morning, the Miami Heat went to practice and said, okay, this is what the Sixers are going to do. This is what we're going to do. You know what I mean? It's not like you show up the second game of a back-to-back and they just saying, okay, we're just going to go. And the last time these two teams met, the Sixers did win without Harden and Embiid. But as you said, Maxie was the one who went out there and put on a show. Shake Milton had 20 off the bench. Furkan Korkmaz had 18 off the bench as well. So, We'll see how these guys respond to this, and we'll get into a lot of that on the next episode. But, Keith, coming up, we need to talk about Doc Rivers taking a lot of heat for Joel Embiid being in the game, even around that four-minute mark with the, with the game in hand in the fourth quarter, Joel Embiid in the game. We'll talk about and explain to people why we both agree on something here. Doc Rivers was not in the wrong. We'll talk about that next right here, Locked On 76ers. Welcome back to Locked On 76ers, and thanks for making it your first listen. Uh, for your next listen, click on Locked On Now podcast for nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Keith Pompey, Devon Givens, Locked On 76ers. Keith, Doc Rivers taking a lot of heat uh, after Joel Embiid now has, has this orbital fracture. The concussion is going to be out indefinitely, messing up their chances well, percentage chances of winning this series. Your best player is not out there. Obviously, that's going to happen. But uh, it's taking a lot of heat because many people felt like he should have been out of the game with four minutes to go, and this would have never happened. Well, you can always talk hindsight being 2020 and looking back and saying, see, before I, I get your thoughts, I'll just say this. No one was saying anything when he was in there. Not many. I'm not going to say no one. Not many were saying anything when Joel Embiid was in there. When he got the dunk, everybody was like, cool, right? He looks fine. By the way, his thumb looks okay. He got the dunk. And then the day after, when we get this news that drops on us, then it became a problem. See, Doc Rivers shouldn't have had him in the game. Keith, we both agree Doc Rivers is taking too much heat on this one. Can you share why you feel like uh, this is not on Doc Rivers? Well, well, first of all, you know, it's, it's one of those things when you look at the 76ers and especially uh, 
their 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 history of blowing leads. You, and and you know that this team is fighting for his playoff life life talking about the Toronto Raptors. You got to do something. You got to keep them in there. I mean last year, I mean people forget last year the 76ers um lost games 3 games uh I think it was four and five. Yeah, games four and five. Four and five, yep. Of, of their series against the Atlanta Hawks. In game four, they had – they blew an 18-point lead and lost by three. In game five, they lo- they blew a 26-point lead yep. and lost by three. So if you're Doc Rivers and you're sitting there and you're saying, yo, we got to put our foot on the gas. We got to do this. And I think we got to keep it on the gas. And I think that's what they did. And the one thing that he he did say, and it was true, as as soon as Joel and B put him up 29 and he did the airplane and all that, it was one of those things where Doc looked at the bench and said, we got to get him out. We got to call a timeout. He didn't know that the guy was going to come down there and, 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 and do the high elbow on his way to the basket. Yeah. So, and then another thing is in playoff games, you typically keep guys in there. I hate to say it, like you you go you keep the guys in there and like like two minutes for like two minutes, yeah. Final two like, minutes, yeah. I mean, you forget the stiff jab. You trying <laughs> to knock the person out, and that's what they did. He wanted them to do no moss, no moss, no moss. And look, Keith, how many times have we've talked about this? Whether you've gotten tweets or emails, um, comments when we do the podcast in general, and people say. First of all, they blow all these leads. This has been a pattern of theirs. This is terrible. Why can't they keep the foot on the gas? Well, don't stop taking these guys out too early. Give them and then bring the reserves in and close out the lead. That's exactly what he did. He did exactly what he was supposed to do. Leave them in there. Take them out around that three-minute mark and get the game over with. We know that it was a 29-point lead, but as he pointed out, it ballooned to a 29-point lead. That's what it did, and he did nothing wrong. And as he talked about, the Raptors players were in it. Pascal Siakam, he is the one who did it. He was in the game. He could have risked injury himself. That would have kept him out since they don't have a series upcoming. They have this offseason. What if he would have done something, knock on wood, torn his ACL, and then he's out for the entirety of next season or at least the start of next season because of that? Nick Nurse is going to take heat for that? Probably not. He shouldn't because he was taking him out the next wave on the dead ball. And that's why I just thought that, and again, it seems like I'm starting to become a Doc Rivers apologist over these last couple of days because of how much heat he's taken. But Doc Rivers was not in the wrong for this one. He kept him in there. He was taking him out right after that basket. That was enough was enough. Now you wave the flag. Get these guys out of here. Let's get ready for round number two. My problem was Pascal Siakam, why are you continuing to play? You know the score. You know the situation. High elbow. You don't do that that late in the game. You just, you just don't. You're already at the basket. You got by Tobias Harris. All you had to do was a simple Euro because Joel Embiid wasn't even playing defense. He just slid over to show he didn't jump. Pascal Siakam raised his elbow and put it into his face. That's what I had the problem with. I don't have a problem with it throughout the entire game, close game, all that stuff. You're making a basketball move and you're clearing space to get a shot off. That late in the game, I thought that was corny. He didn't have to do that. So... Doc Rivers taking too much heat on this one. I don't think he needs to take heat for this. It's, and it, it's just, it was what it was. And it's unfortunate. And now they have to start the series off. 
and with without Joel Embiid, now the coaching really begins with Doc Rivers and the staff of how they're going to put things together and, and get them going uh, for this series to make it a competitive one. I agree 100%. I hate agreeing with you, though, bro. That's okay. That's all I'm going to argue with you about right something. So often, I'm right so often you should want to agree with me. <laughs> I'm going to argue about something. All right. Well, we. Why you got a hoodie on and I got on? <laughs> we can argue. We can argue next about uh, Doc Rivers saying that he's most likely going to go with a, of course, a, a committee at the five position with Doc, with Joel Embiid out. We'll talk about why he actually needs to go with the committee and uh, who he needs to go with more, who he needs to lean on more in the absence of Joel Embiid. That's next, right here on Locked On Seventy Sixers. And welcome back, Doc Rivers, talking about a committee of big men to replace Joel Embiid as best as possible while they go against Bam Adebayo, an all-star center, an all-NBA center, a very talented guy, well-coached team on the other side, some veterans who have been in championship games, experience overall. And he talked about how they're going to now have to keep Doc Rivers go with a committee of DeAndre Jordan, Paul Reed, Paul Millsap, and as of yes, as of earlier today, their Saturday practice, Keith, Charles Bassey practiced with the team in full, basically full contact, everything he was able to go, and uh, increasing the chances that he's also available for some minutes in the next series starting on Monday for game number one. Uh, do you agree with Doc, obviously, to uh, go with this committee and who would you lean more towards as the starting five for this team on Monday night? I mean, I would lean more towards Paul Reed, mm. um, you know, B-ball Paul. And, and the reason being, he said something that, and, and you know, he made fun of my shirt when I asked him. He did. But, uh, this, this nice shirt today, he made it's fun of that. It's too bright. Yeah, it's it's too bright. bright. With this bright thing on, but he, <laughs> yours was bright. <laughs> I know, right? So, so, uh, so here's the thing. He said Paul plays better with the starters when he's in there. So to me, it looks like, you know, if you're going to, if you're, if, if you're going to, um, now sometimes you, I mean, if you're saying he plays better than with the starters, I kind of sort of think that you might as well keep him in there because the last time that they played, he started Paul Millsap at the center spot, right? Mm -hmm. Paul played well in the first half and the yes, second half, it got away from him a little bit, right? Then he brought uh, DeAndre Jordan in there, and I'm, I'm gonna tell you. Now he said DeAndre had a great, a great game. Now I'm gonna look at it. Now Paul Reed played two seconds that game, but in that game, Millsap had five points on two for five shooting. He had four rebounds. He had one assist, one steal, one block, one turnover. Right? He was a minus five. DeAndre Jordan had two points on one for four shooting. He had eight rebounds. He had one assist, one steal, and two turnovers, but he was a plus seven in that game, right? So to me, I get it that he kept saying he was raving over Jordan and maybe he was doing the things with the rebounding and all that, but I don't know if Jordan is the right guy to go with just because of Bam Adebayo, right? Um, his athleticism, he's going to pull him out. He's going to do a lot of those other things. And Paul, you know what? I, I like Paul, but it just seems like, I'm talking about Millsap, 
but it just seems like Paul Reed has been the guy that they've been going to recently. And I know he talked about Charles Bassey, but um, I think it's kind of hard to just play somebody in the games of this magnitude if he hasn't played at all in the in the in the playoffs and been on with the team for a while, you know what I mean? Because he was in the G League. Now again, things can happen. He says committee, somebody could get in foul trouble, but I don't think that right now you go into a series thinking that, and I could be wrong, but I don't think you go into a series saying to yourself, we're gonna give Bassey a bunch a chunk of minutes. No, he'll he'll probably have him get his feet wet in in spots in in certain spots out there a couple of minutes a couple of you know seconds or whatever he decides to give him a run it's not going to be as a starter it's going to be jordan Millsap, or reed and as you pointed out the only big man we saw in the raptor series was paul reed he got uh all of the minutes as the reserve five behind joel Embiid. now this is different because we're talking about a starting role and uh, while he has been in the games uh can he he can keep up physically with Bam Adebayo he can keep up laterally with him because of his foot speed and being able to move so he does have the advantage there over DeAndre Jordan the interesting one for me is the, the Paul Millsap part of it because even if he did start him I don't expect him to play eight straight minutes I, I would expect him to be out there set that tone see where he is and let him let him uh, get a little physical uh with Bam Adebayo in, in that scenario to start the game off then he'll have a quick hook bring in the young guy or bring in DeAndre Jordan. But I do agree with you. I do believe that Nod will most likely go to Paul Reed because he has been the one that we've seen. But should things start to go sideways, then I do believe that he'll start to go, as he said, with the committee. Uh, the other interesting part is he talked about Tobias Harris potentially defending Bam Adebayo at times. So what does that mean? Also, what, is the, what does it mean for George Niang and Paul Mills, Paul, Paul Reed in the, uh, pardon me, Tobias Harris in the game at the same time? Do they do something there or I, I don't know. I don't know. And he, he alluded to that a lot too. We all, we're, he's leaving us all guessing uh, right now as they go in the series. And of course you don't want to give out too much information going into it and allowing Eric Spolstra and his staff to know exactly what you're doing, but he's going to have to coach this one. He really is. And looking back at the successful things that took place in that final game where Maxie got off Milton, the cork were able to have, success scoring the basketball, they have to find a way to, to keep Bam Adebayo in check. And then when the reserves come in, Dwayne Dedman is a big body. He's your primary backup. Those are your DeAndre Jordan minutes, right, Keith, right there? Mm -hmm. Veterans that can play against one another, bang on a low post. Dedman will now step out on the perimeter a little bit, knock down some shots. Will we see your seven in the game ever because he had – some good run against the Sixers earlier in the season as well. So there's a lot there. There's a lot there. The intrigue of it all, that matchup between the Rivers and Spolstra and how he's now going to counter things without Embiid, it's going to be really interesting to see how he now uses these minutes with these big men, the quick hook that he has, how he decides to defend Adebayo and the others that are out there as well. This is going to be interesting, especially when maybe they'll go with P.J. Tucker as a small ball of five, as Doc Rivers talked about. Now, now what do you do, right? How do you now do that? How do you decide to use your lineup at that point? So this is going to be something, man. I, I really dislike the fact that Embiid is not going to be available. I want Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler to be healthy as well. I just wanted to see a good competitive series 
see who came out on top. Now we have these things to deal with. Obviously, the big story, Joel Embiid. And that's why we had this emergency episode, folks, because of that. And uh, we appreciate you guys listening. And we thank you for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. On our next episode, we will be previewing game number one of the Eastern Conference semifinals. Round one matchup, Sixers Heat, the 1-4 matchup. The Heat, the number one overall seed in the East. The Sixers, the four seed, traveling to Miami for the 7.30 start time. 7.30 or 7 o'clock on Monday? 7, 7.30. 7.30. All right. So, yeah, that time on Monday night for game number one in, in Miami from South Beach. We'll talk about all that. And uh, now, make your second listen. Locked on NBA. We're locked on experts covering the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. None bigger than what we're dealing with right now in Philadelphia with Joel Embiid. It's free, though and available wherever you get your podcast. And you know what you have to do, right? Like he said, free and available wherever you get your podcast. So do the Locked On 76ers thing. But also make sure you get this YouTube channel, right? So go to Locked On 76ers YouTube and there's um, just hit the subscribe button and you can get this podcast. We come to you, like D said, five days a week. We have emergency podcasts. We'll be back tomorrow. But, you know, go ahead. And while you do that, make sure you follow my man D on Twitter. It's at DevonG975. You can see it right now. Look at it underneath his name. It's at DevonG975 on Twitter. Give my man a follow. I appreciate that, Keith. And at Pompey on Sixers on Twitter for Keith Pompey. Keith, appreciate it, man. And uh, checking in on this, this day off that we had. It never stops, though. It never stops. They're moving on to the next round, so we have to keep it going. I know, right? (laughs) All right, y'all. Peace. All right, people. Appreciate it.